MyMac Podcast 288. Where are our iPads? You're listening to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. So this week, well, I think there's only one subject that we can really talk about. It's been on everybody's mind for some weeks. We thought about chatting about it last week, but really, there was no point. No, there was no point until it no, became. There, away. There, there was no point because it, you know, none of us had ever touched one. And actually, in this conversation, I guess I'm the only one that has. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, that's why I thought, you know, where are our iPads was a good. Where are the bloody iPads? <laughs> I said, I, I'm sorry. I swore I wasn't going to do that. I was going to ask you at the start whether I could swear or not. <laughs> yeah, you can swear. I'll, I'll, I'll edit it out. Well, mostly, mostly you can, most you can, you can, you know, that kind of fake swear, yeah, you know, yeah. you know, bloody and cheese and biscuits, you know, that kind of stuff is fine. Okay, so uh, obviously we're a little bit at a loss. I've seen loads and loads of tweets. I've seen lots of uh, messages about the iPad, and I obviously have stated before that I fancy getting one. Uh, it still looks like we're not going to be getting ours until the uh, the end of the month, guy. But um, I believe I believe that you 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 actually went to a um, an Apple store on day of release. Yeah, I got up. I got up really, really early and uh, drove out to the Clarendon, Virginia Apple Store, and I, I wasn't really sure what to expect. Now, you know, we've seen the the lines and the, you know the video of the lines of when the original iPhone was released and when the the two G and three G and some of the other ones. And the lines just for at least as far as the iPhone goes, it almost looked like the lines got smaller with with each release of an iPhone. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> so. I, I didn't really know what I was what I was going to see when I got out to the Clarendon uh, Apple Store, and is, is as, as I pulled store? into the, is that, you know, is, are there many stores close by it? Is it a relatively popular store? Yeah, I think it is a popular store. It's in this. It, it's kind of a, a a weird setup as as far as the, the the little shopping area goes. It's in like this horseshoe. There's like this horseshoe access road, and all the stores kind of go around that. It, I mean, it, it's a nice layout, and the store itself is is probably, you know, it's not as big as like the the New York or San Francisco or probably the some of the London stores, but it, it's it's decent size. Yeah. It's not a little one. And I got there, and there was probably fifty to seventy five people waiting in line. Well, and this is bad. at that's pretty good. yeah, this is at seven o'clock in the morning. That's pretty. Impressive. And there were there were actually there were actually two different lines. There was the the one line for people that had had made online reservations, and then there was a separate line for people that were just showing up, hope, hoping to be able to get one. Okay. So once the once the store actually opened, they were kind of concentrating. I guess this isn't isn't too much of a surprise. They were kind of concentrating on the people whose credit card numbers they already had yep. and had made reservations. 
So they were doing that, doing it at about a, a two to one ratio, even though the line for the reserves were were much smaller than the people just hoping to be able to get one. Okay. So they would come out, and you know there was big to do as as this was all starting out. You know, all the Apple employees kind of gathered outside and were hooting and hollering and running down the line and high fiving everybody. And you know, you know, qu- quite frankly, it seemed a little forced. You know, I mean, just not <laughs> genuine. And I've I've talked to some of the the Apple Store employees, not necessarily at the Clarendon Store, but at other stores that I've been to. And for the most part, they're very up on what it is that they're doing. They're happy to be there. You know, I mean, they, they for the most part, it seems to me like they love their job, that they really enjoy it. But in this particular case, it, it just seemed to be kind of like. Yeah, hooray. Yeah, here we are. It's really early and we're outside and look, there's lots of people who want to buy things. Hooray. Yeah, it, it just it it just didn't seem to be as genuine as I kind of, you know, maybe I I was looking too much into it, but that's just the way it seemed to me. I think yeah, you're getting jaded. You've seen too many of these. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that could possibly be. I, I, I've got to agree with you. I was, <clears throat> I was wondering how much of a you know a big show they'd have uh, for the for the launch of the product. Because to be perfectly honest with you, I know this sounds odd, but it seems like it's been so long coming. Now I know the first um, iPhone was you know there was a long break between when they announced yeah like six it. months yeah and when when it was released but this one yeah actually Tim and I were at the um, the the keynote where Jobs announced it you were there were you yes but and when it was released it, you know now that was a long period between you know announcement and release whereas this one doesn't seem to have been but it seems to have been so long in coming and getting here so it does seem a bit odd but. Um, yeah, it's not – I don't know why it's not quite um, created the excitement um, on the stores, on the days, than uh, than the other devices. Perhaps it's because it is hitting a different audience. I don't know. Yeah, it, well, it's a different type of device than the iPhone was. You know, the, the iPhone was kind of meant to be, okay, here is, here is an all-in-one device. It's our first time going to bat to, yeah. you know, in creating yes, a phone. that's true. And this is this is so different from anything that we've ever done before. It was so different and, you know, from anybody else. What anybody else had. If you think, if you, oh yeah, I mean, everybody's got them now. But if you think back then, it was it was completely new, wasn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I was I started off with Singular, which of course you know ended up buying AT and T, and then oddly enough, changing their name to AT and T. So I didn't have to change service or anything like that. And the phone I had originally. Was just like this little, you know, crappy flip phone yeah. that you know, uh, and it was just nothing. I was just using it to make calls, and I had never really thought about getting a smartphone, mostly just because you know it, it just seemed like they weren't that smart. They were difficult to use. You you almost had to have a you know a major in computer science just to figure out how to get to your your address book. So. You know, it, it just seemed like, why would I waste my time getting something like this? I'll just have it, you know, written down in a little book or something, and, and I'll go on from there. Well, I, I always fancied having a, a, a smartphone, but I wanted something that was much more usable because I used to use a Palm device. Um, and yeah. although I don't have an iPhone, my daughter does. 
spits and snarls at her. But there you go. Uh, but <laughs> but I, I love my iPod Touch. I just love my iPod Touch. And if you know, if I could send text on it, that that would be it. Because really, I don't use my um, my standard Nokia phone that I've got very much right. for calls. Um, I receive a few calls. I make a few calls, but it's nothing. You know, nothing heavy. It's it's the data that I want, and you know that's why I've got that MiFi. Um, the MiFi combination with the Touch goes everywhere, and that's why I'm thinking of sure. getting an iPad and using um, the iPad with the MiFi as well. Well, that's that's the nice thing. You know, if you're already using an iPod Touch, getting an iPad is is kind of a, a natural extension of that experience to begin something's with because it, it's not like the iPhone. It really isn't. No, it's not a phone. No, something's just struck me though. I wonder. You know, we're talking about the, the iPhone being a smartphone. This isn't a dumb computer, is it? The iPad. Have you got? Have you actually had your hands on one? Oh yeah, yeah. Once once the store opened up. Now I I couldn't go into the store until their normal opening time of ten o'clock. They opened up early at nine to you know start processing in all the people that were waiting in yeah. line. Yeah. But at ten o'clock, I was able to go in and I was able to you know mess around with one and touch it and do you know some of the basic functions and. You know, I and I, we were kind of talking about this before we started recording. The one thing that struck me about it was how snappy it was. That you know, you hit the button for Safari. Now, of course, in the Apple Store, especially on a day like like that, they're going to make sure that their Wi-Fi is like one hundred percent, and there's enough bandwidth for you know a thousand iPads and their little brothers to <laughs> to go along with that. Yeah, but. It was just you'd hit a button and things would just happen immediately. You know, I, I went to mymac.com and and I sat there because I, I know going to mymac.com on my iPhone through, you know, either Edge or, or 3G, it's like, okay, hit. And I'm waiting. And I'm waiting. And I'm waiting. But with the, with the Wi-Fi, it was just like, hit. It was there. It was there. You were there. You were done. You were on mymac.com. You were on Dig or you were on Google. You were on whatever site it was you wanted to be on. And that's that's kind of our expe- expectation now of using the internet, isn't it? Well, it should be. I mean, there's there's you know between either wired or unwired speeds, and and they're both you know plenty fast. People kind of do expect to be able to just instantly be wherever it is that they wanted to be on. This isn't the old days with dial-up. No, no, not at all. So we've we've got a listener on, as we mentioned at the start, and we've not really spoken to him very much at the moment. Is uh, is, is is he still here? I think I think he might still be here. Yes, he might still okay. be here. And, and <laughs> all right, well, let's let's pretend like we have been talking Excuse about him this entire <laughs> yeah. time. Okay, 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 okay. Go ahead. Okay. So Neil, how are you doing? Uh, <laughs> I think I might have gone, actually. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I am here. No, he's here. He's here. So, so what do you think about the, uh, the, the iPad, Neil? Are you thinking of getting one? Are you, are you desperate for them? Are you annoyed that they haven't um, given us the worldwide availability like they promised in the keynote? Do you think that actually uh, the US having it can mean that they can be our guinea pigs so they can get all the foibles out before we get it? Are you, That's are you, probably are you, not far off. Are you not interested? Or what do you think? Um, I'm absolutely interested. Um, I've, I've got the iPhone um, 3GS at the moment, um, and I use it. Um, I had the 3G, and I specifically ch- uh, switched to the GS because I'm probably about the only one who wanted the compass because of the astronomy. Oh, yeah. Because of the yeah, astronomy yeah. Well, I do. 
Well, before before we uh, we talk more about the the iPad and what you might want to use the iPad for, let's talk about your your Mac experience. How long have you been a Mac user? Um, it's been ooh, you know, two two and a half years. Um, so, and of course, you were a Windows user before then. Absolutely. Uh, unfortunately, I'm I'm one of these um, dreaded system administrators that you talk a lot about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. No worries. I, I was um, yeah. That's what I do for a job. So uh, yeah, I, I was totally into Windows, um, and it was Vista that made me look elsewhere. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, you know, it, it wasn't that kind of your experience as well, Gaz? Well, it, Vista... it, was, it was the thought of going to Vista, yeah, that, that kind of, you know, stopped me. I thought, yet again, I've got, you know, because I've mentioned before that I built my own machines, and it was the thought that, again, I've got to upgrade my machine to be able to take the next operating system. And when I got the Mac Mini and could still run Leopard on it, I thought, that's it. It's a no-brainer. I'm switching now. Well, what was your first machine, Neil? Um, I've, It's a... A 15-inch MacBook Pro, the so it's the early 2008 one, the one before they went sort of solid aluminium. Yeah, I think that's I think it's the same one I have. Right, the two point two point three three. Um, it's a two point four. It, it was, okay, you've got the next one then. It was it was the base model at the time, um, but yeah, the two point four, and I put um, an extra two gig of memory into it. It's got four gig and a and a slightly larger disc. That's not a bad uh, machine, is it? It runs great. I've still got it. Um, it. It sits on my desk at work, and I now use it to remote into. Uh, and I got the 13-inch MacBook Pro just because I wanted something a bit more compact. Um, having said that, I mean, this is more powerful than that one because it's the 253, I think it is, uh, giga. So, so you're actually using a, a MacBook Pro at your work to administer a Windows network? Absolutely, yeah. Now, how exactly are you doing that? Um a bit of both. I use the, the Mac OS all the time. They, when I first got it, I thought that I would uh, dual boot it. Uh, right. Play with Using boot camp or something. Absolutely. And, and, and play with the Mac OS. And prior memory, I'd, I'd be in Windows XP you know, until something new came along. But, uh, of course, of the, um, I'm a big user of VMware and was on Windows. Um, and then when um, Fusion was out for the Mac, um, that's what I, I used that. So I, I switch now um, between a, a Fusion session, session and um, using the Mac OS. But the Mac OS talks uh, great to, to a Windows network. Um, if I want to connect to a server, it's just like, a, I think it's Command-K, type in the server name and you're there. It's a lot less hassle than connecting with a Windows machine. Are, are you having, uh, uh, are, you like, are any of the people where you work giving you a hard time about, you know, um, doing all this stuff on a Mac? Quite the opposite, because um, I got my Mac, and then immediately following two directors got Macs, um, and then another four of the other technical teams, they also got Macs. Um, so, have you, so, so have you found yourself becoming more of a uh, cyst uh, administrator and assistant to those people as well. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah, because obviously they sort of come along and go, well, how do you do that then? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, but I, I mean, they're, they're absolutely no trouble in comparison to all the Windows machines that we've got. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've hardly had to do anything to them. You just show them the once and, and off they go. Well, are there any specialized tools that are like Mac only or Windows only that you have to use? You know, for you know the reason why you might be using something like uh, Fusion or Parallels. Yeah, um, we we run Citrix at work, um, 
That's PC only, isn't it? That's or Windows only. Well, I mean, it sits on a on Windows Server, and and it's the way they sort of deliver a, a desktop and applications to people. Um, and um, they they do a Mac client for it. It's not as good as the Windows one, but it's perfectly usable as a user. But for usually all the system administration work. Um, you load in an extra program, and, and that really is better on Windows. So I tend to use Fusion to, in order to do that. Um, and then there's the odd other sort of elements like um, the telephone system that we administer. That They only do Windows software for that. So, again, that sits inside Fusion as well. Well, that would make sense. Now, uh, obviously, you're a Mac user at home as well. Is that correct? Yes, yeah. Yeah, these machines, are, are, these machines come home with me as well, so it, it, it's the same. <laughs> <laughs> now, and are you typically using just the 13-inch MacBook Pro at home? Yes, I am, yeah. And what are you using it for at home? Um, in, uh, in, I work, work it in a very keep similar clean, way. Neil, keep, keep it clean, Neil. Keep it clean, Neil. Keep it clean. on those odd websites. Um, yeah. Um, Video codecs, what are those? <laughs> Um, I use it for astronomy um, and uh, many other things that you, you would do on your home computer. Um, but again, I use it with a mixture of fusion. Um, and, and it was one of the reasons why I came, wanted to come on the podcast, um, because it was to sort of ask any of your other lins- listeners if they do astronomy on the Mac and what they use. Um, because I'm struggling to find decent astronomy applications for the Mac. Well, how exactly does that work? I mean, is it is it the you type in uh, a certain section of the sky that you're looking at, and then the program knows where to point something, or or can you explain that? Yeah, yeah. you actually linking linking your cameras up to the uh, or your telescopes up to to the Mac, or is that what you're attempting to do, or is it a little bit more basic than that? Um, I use I've got a, a robotic telescope. Um, it's okay. a Celestron uh, telescope. Uh, and that has a pretty good computer in it, so I don't tend to use the the Mac or any other computers to sort of aim it. But right. I do use the computer to do imaging with. Um, and I've, I've got two cameras that I use. One is um, basically a web camera, which fits in the eyepiece hole. And what it does is it captures an AVI file, um, which you capture over... You know, Time-based. Absolutely. You send it over several minutes. Right. And then what you do is stack all the frames in that AVI in a very NASA sort of way. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what? Okay. No, I think I. And you're looking for for whatever's different. Um. Well. From image to image. Yeah, but w- what the software does is you look for the differences, uh, and then you take away. Um, I'm not quite sure how the sort of mathematic works on it, but it can take away the noise by stacking the image. So you okay, up, what do you mean by noise? Um, so, well, if you imagine sort of t- pointing a webcam at a very dark sky, you get a very grainy picture. Okay. Um, because you know, it, it is a, a standard 640 by 480 webcam. It's just got no lens on it. You're using the telescope as the lens. Um, so um, you, you point it at the sky, you catch a t- uh, get a two-minute video of it. Um, and when you play it back as an AVI file, you've got a very blurry blob of, say, Saturn, in this, uh, in this AVI file. You stack the images on top of each other, and then you use a program um, um, once it's stacked, which then can do filtering on all the sort of different layers, layers of the stack, and you can bring out different nuances of the images. 
Right, so you're almost talking about um, <laughs> something which is popular in photography today, and that's doing HDR, so you can catch as much of the image and put it out into one photograph. Absolutely. Is, is that what you're kind of trying to do there? You're trying to catch, capture as much of this uh, spectrum as you can to uh, increase the quality of the f- final product? Yes. Uh, uh, with the AVR, catching it in a long AVR file is like doing long exposure. Right. By stacking all those images on top of each other, you're sort of doing a, a summation of all those elements. Okay. And then you can start, then you can filter the bits and bobs out of it. The and, software and is what, uh, pretty clever. And that's, what, that's where you're looking to um, get better software, or you're, you're okay with that software? You're looking for other well, software the, that people are using, the, you think? All the software I've got is Windows based. Because that's right. what you, you get when right. you get software with the telescope and with the cameras. Because um, one of my cameras is made by Mead and the other one is made by Celestron, and okay. they all do Windows software. So in which case, I have to run it in Fusion. Um, there are some soft bits of software out for the Mac. Um, there's um, a, one called Nebulosity, um, which is the main one I've seen, and there's a couple of other programs. Some are free and some some are chargeable. Um, and they tend to do, they they claim to do the stacking, but I've I've not come across anything that's quite like what I've got on the on the Windows side. Okay. Um, so yeah, that was the main question: is if somebody does actually do this sort of um, imaging um, on a Mac as to what they use, because um, things like the the Nebulosity software um, they are very expensive. So it wasn't, right. I didn't want to just right. go and throw all my money at it. So if any, well, it does. Sorry, sorry, guy. Carry on. Oh, I, I was just going to ask: is is uh, are there any open source alternatives, even on the Windows side, to what it is you're currently using? Um, yeah. Well, the the stacking software I use called Registacks that is free. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I use that. The the AVI software for the webcam capturing um, that's free. Uh, in fact, it's um, an ancient piece of software that was made for Windows. I mean, it's just their, um, I think it's called AMCAP. Um, and so the, AMCAP? Yeah. Um, so that's what uses to catch the webcam one. The other camera, which is a bit more um, sort of technical, um, which is my Mead CCD camera, that comes with special Mead software, which drives it. Um, so, yeah, the, now, what's, there's quite a bit of software out there that'll, that'll do the job. But that's all on Windows. Yeah. What are you using on the Mac side? Um, pretty much nothing at the moment. Um, I'm still looking around for something that will do the job. Um, okay. Uh, and Photoshop or something like that yeah, won't, I, won't well, help well, you. Well, once you've got the image, then yes, you can then put it into Photoshop. I, I use it. it uh, it's the Ellen. capturing and, and, the, and the making up of that image that you're, you're looking for the, some software or any sort of software which might assist you in the process, presumably, yeah. which is Mac-based. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think. Uh, uh, all right, I well, think, guy, we can yeah. we can we can do that on behalf of uh, Neil. If any any of the listeners uh, uh, use any Mac software to capture images through the telescopes, or if they use uh, any software on the Mac and it's Mac-based software that uh, uh, helps them look into the sky and uh, find those images and capture those images and make up those images, then send uh, your uh, links or emails into feed is feedback at mymac.com is that correct guy yes feedback at mymac.com and of course uh it, you could also probably send it directly to neil if you want to give out your email address neil uh yeah i have no problem with that yeah it, um it's neil at neilwharton.com um and if you go to neilwharton.com um it's um published using the mobile me um 
sort of service. So yeah. quite how much bandwidth will be available, I'm not sure. But on there are, are, are quite a few pictures um, of the snaps I've taken, uh, Saturn and what have you. Okay, well, we'll put, uh, we'll put the, the three Windows, you know, we'll, I'll find links to the three Windows software packages that you're using for uh, astronomy. Yeah, well, I can and, email those over to you. That's not a problem. Excellent. Oh, that would be great. That would yeah. save me a lot of time. And in the show notes, we'll have, you know, the question, does anyone know what Mac equivalents are to, to this software? And we'll also include your email address. Okay. Yeah, that's great stuff. So you're, you're trying to push the boundaries, do you, and uh, do you use uh, any other software or any other packages? I, I clicked on there that you use the mobile me, so um, that's something that I use. I know that um, Tim wasn't always in favour of using mobile me, not recently. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about you, guy. Uh, whether you use oh, it. I use it. I do yeah, use I, it. I use it uh, a lot. So, do you use it just to to put the website up, um, Neil, or do you use it uh, obviously to uh, get the synchronicity that you can get down from your Mac to your iPod or to your iPhone, rather. Um, the whole lot, yeah. I originally yeah. got it um, when I got the the iPhone, um, and so, well, actually, that's not true. I must. I got it when I got the Mac um, because you could synchronize up to mobile me, um, and you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up with the at mac dot com email address because it was just before it switched over to mobile me. Um, then when mobile me came along, I got my iPhone. So yeah, I used it for that synchronizing. Um, and one day I was playing around with iWeb. Now, um, although I'm a techie at work, I, I hate web design and all that sort of thing. I, I <laughs> really don't want to get into it. Um, but yeah. using iWeb, I, um, I just found it so simple to put something together and then I could just throw it straight up using mobile me. I, I already had a domain name because many years ago I, I bought it, um, I don't know whether it's just because I, I was expected to be famous one day or whatever, but <laughs> I bought, <laughs> bought com just so that nobody else did have it. Um, so I linked it in, which mobile me allows you to do. I mean, you, they allow you to sort of put That's your right. domain. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so I put it on there. And it's just a way of putting those images somewhere. It, uh, it's not that I'm trying to advertise it to anybody. Um, it's just somewhere for me to store so family, friends or whatever. So... So you you uh, you ma- you made your website with iWeb. I'm guessing that's from iLife09. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, iLife09 was the uh, the first version of it that allowed you to actually uh, publish directly to a domain, as compared. Because in the past, you had to go through Mobile Me if you were using iWeb. Right. Did you, I don't know if I don't know if you knew that or not. Uh, no, I I didn't. I mean, I have only got the domain name. Um, so, I mean, I do publish to mobile me and then redirect the domain name to mobile me. Okay. Yeah. You can actually, you can actually publish directly to neilwharton.com right. if you want to from iLife09's, uh, iWeb program. And you can actually have, cause part, part of the, the problem with iWeb in the past was that if you were kind of making or administering different sites, you you literally had to go into uh, iWeb's preference folder and move the domain files around to to the different sites because it it wouldn't let you do anything except publish to Mobile Me, which limits you to essentially one site unless you do a redirect. But with the new version of well, not new, it's now I guess close to two years old. Um, with the last version of iWeb, 
you can you can publish directly to a domain. Right. Um, I do like the mobile me bit though because it, you just hit the button and yeah, yeah, and it just does it, it all for it you. Just works. Yeah, I like. Yeah, I do like that because um, at, at work, so many things don't. <laughs> yeah so it sounds like it it sounds like you know and and this is this i guess this kind of will lead into our first topic where we're talking about the uh the new race to the bottom you know the old race to the bottom was was well, I, cost I, how, what, how cheap you can make what, a computer before, before we go there do, do, you, do, yeah. do you think we ought to perhaps mention um a certain sponsor that uh uh sponsors the show oh yeah we can do that i think we can do that I think that's a good little break uh break in point yeah, and you know what? We actually can. We'll, we'll let Tim do that for us. Yeah, because he's a lot better at it than we are. Oh, he's 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 forever the professional. Go go for it, Tim. Thanks, guy and guest Tim Robertson for Otherworld Computing. If you'd like to hear what I'm up to lately, check out OWCRadio.com. If you're looking to upgrade your Macintosh with a new hard drive, new RAM, maybe an external hard drive, maybe you're looking at the Voyager so you can swap hard drives in and out, make off-site backups, take them to work with you. The Voyager is a great, great accessory. Maybe you're looking for a NAS. We've got those. Maybe you're looking for, geez, I don't know iPad accessories. Yep, we've got them. Check them out at MacSales.com. Thanks a lot, Tim, for that inspiring bit from OWC. We love the MacSales.com. Yes, we do. Just before the break, we were talking about the the iPad and the, the way that it's kind of shifting... The the I don't even really know how to say it. it. It it's it's a new kind of race. It's shifting the it's shifting the ecosphere, isn't it? Of of of, of well, computing in general. Yeah, you know, it, it, this is this is a device that was designed from the very beginning. You know, and you know this as well as I do from having an iPod Touch to be simple, to be easy to use, yeah. to be That's something cool. that that anyone from you know, uh, a computer administrator like Neil to um, your grandmother or somebody's grandmother that doesn't know anything about computing and can just pick it up and use it and use it. Yep. And I think I think what they've what they've very cleverly done, um, Guy, is make sure it acts like an iPod Touch or an iPhone, where you press that button. And it comes back up. I mean, the, the, I think it's very rare now for people to actually power down their their iPod or I, iPhone devices. Um, I certainly do it very, very rarely. So when I press that button, my expectation is that the you know the front screen will come up and I'm ready to hit an app and get moving. And if they've very cleverly done that with the iPad as well, you know, a lot of people I've heard a few people say, you know, should it have had um, OS 10 operating system on there. Well, then you would have gone through boot time. Yep. And this device is not a device where people are going to want to wait to uh, for the device to start to using up. it. It's, yeah, it's got to be quick. It's got to be straight up. And uh, um, the experience they've had over the last couple of years with the iPod Touch and the iPhone and the touch interface, I think, uh, 
it, this was the obvious next step, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, I think so. Uh, a touch interface is, I mean, everybody knows how, well, most people anyway, knows how to use their fingers. It's, it's just, it's, it's a natural way to, to, to move yourself. And the, you know, the, the, the old days of using just a keyboard went away when the Macintosh was first released onto the market. And then we had keyboard and a mouse and we had pictures on a screen instead of long, archaic, you know, weird C prompt prompt commands. And when when the Mac first came out, what I used to hear all the time was, oh, it's a toy. Why would anybody want to use that? Real men use a command line interface. And you know what? That all went away. Windows got better and better and better. They, you know, they, they caught up starting with like 95 and 98. And, you know, Apple almost died during that time period because they hadn't really changed the way they did business. Yeah. So, um, hey, Neil, are you still there, Neil? I'm still here. Yeah. Earth to Neil. Now you have an iPhone. That's right. When when you've you when you first picked up the iPhone, was there anything about using it that just didn't come naturally? Um. No, I mean, but I, I mean, it got used to doing sort of like the stroking elements. We all knew how to prod it and to get you know to load programs up, but you know, switching across the desktop. Yeah, um, you know, to the different icons. I suppose that was the the first bit. I mean, now it comes so natural. You do it with your thumb, your finger, whatever. Your nose, your dog's nose, as I. <laughs> oh, your dog do knows you know how that? to how to switch it's from the, one screen to the other. As long as the, Neil, Neil, as long as you don't end up prodding your dog, you're all right. <laughs> it's the only phone a dog can use. <laughs> <laughs> It can press the home button. I see a new ad campaign. You heard it first. I see a new ad campaign. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, but apart from that, once you got into that swishing of of, of elements, the scrolling, et cetera, it was was perfect. And uh, the the fact that you can just do it from, you know, just just with one hand, because before that I'd had um, Windows mobile phones. Um, And, you know, it was always get the stylus out and... um, you know, sort of mess about with it or slide out the keyboard that was attached. Yeah. Well, that um, was that was one of the things that that I heard a lot of complaints about with when the iPhone did come out. Well, it doesn't have a stylus, and it you know doesn't yeah, have a keyboard, and it it didn't seem to matter in the slightest to the no. general public. They, so they wrote the whole OS around the fact that you use that you use your finger and don't do the stylus. I mean, you notice it now because I mean, some of the Windows mobiles now have um, an interface on, bolted on the front of it, which is, you know, for use with your finger. Sure. But, but at, at some point, uh, and hopefully um, Mobile 7, they might change it, but at some point you do end up breaking back into the old OS at the back, in which case you still have to get the stylus out. Um, and it's really frustrating. And usually you've lost it by the point that you... Well, that was, that was part of the... I'm sorry to disturb you, but is somebody playing table tennis down there? Oh, at Neil's house? <laughs> I think it's his dog. Hey, if his dog is smart enough to use an iPhone, <laughs> he's probably smart enough to know how to play table tennis. I think we're just getting a few knocks from you, Neil. So I don't know if, if you're moving the mic around a little bit. Might, okay, might, I'll might try, and try and keep it fairly steady because yeah, uh, we, we can hear lots of little taps. <laughs> well, now, now, are you thinking about getting an iPad, Neil? Yes, I am. Yeah. Okay. Now, with that in mind... Who do you think the iPhone, the, the iPhone, the iPad is for? What what kind of market do you th- would you push the iPad toward? Everybody, 
it, it, it's suitable for um, my mum and dad, um, who have thought often about getting a laptop. Um, and you just go, no, don't go there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I got my dad onto an iMac, um, and that solved all my... my Your support issues. problems? Absolutely. Um, and iChat is so handy, especially with the fact that you can do the screen share and just... Oh, yeah. Oh, so he's on mobile me as well? Um, no, I just directly connect into his, his machine. Oh, okay. Well, you, you, but you can actually sh- uh, share screen on iChat. You don't need a mobile me account. Mobile me account because when you yeah, first get your Mac, you can set up a, an AIM account, can't you? So that's right. Can, that's how we do can, it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, interesting. You said uh, it, it's for everybody, and you're going to get it. You know, your mum and dad could get it, but your yeah. dad's already got a uh, an iMac. Yeah. The interesting point um, to both of you guys is at the moment you still really need a machine to use with the iPad because you need to be able to sync it up. Now, right. is, that, is that a downer or do you think they will move on in the future so that um, you can do a lot more cloud-based computing with this particular device? What do you think, Neil? Um, I think they will open up the cloud more. I mean, this big data center that's being built has got to be there for a reason. Um, so I, I think they are going to do more into the cloud. But it's only like iPhone in the fact that you don't have to sync it. It, it makes sense to in the fact that, obviously, to back up your data. Um, but well, you- not only that, but part, part of that also depends on whose network you're on with the iPhone. Now, I don't know what it's like in the UK, but here in the States, AT&T has a, a 20 megabyte uh, download limitation. So if, it's, the, it's the same here, but if you put it onto Wi-Fi, there's no limitation. No, there's no limitation no. under no. Wi-Fi. So you, so you can still download all your apps. You can download your tunes uh, and still get your email with it without it touching a computer. Right. You, the only thing you're not going to do is back it on. Well, not only that, but if once you, depending on, on what size iPhone you have, eventually you're going to fill it up. And then where and do suppose, you put all that stuff if, that you're not listening to? Yeah, yeah, and I suppose if we're honest, actually, if if anybody is going to take this device home and they're going to use it on the Wi-Fi, if they've already got a um, uh, a router or a wireless router in the house, they've probably got a computer which they can sync this up to to iTunes to get the um, the best out of it. Yeah, but with the, with the iPad, would they still really need that computer if they didn't have to back up all of their all of their data on a different device? I agree. I agree. That's, if they I think could that's sync where I was trying to go with. Sorry. Yeah. If, if they could sync it up with the cloud to a mobile me or, yep. or something yep. like then yeah, I think that would resolve it straight away. And even if it only synced over Wi-Fi, um, you know, so you wouldn't do it through the 3G network, but it only did pushed it up through the Wi-Fi, you'd get a pretty good performance from it. Um, so you're thinking, of get, you're thinking of getting one now? Most definitely, yeah. I, I was thinking... Of, um, of getting the sort of 32 gig Wi-Fi model, but now I'm starting to debate on whether to get the one with 3G in it. Um, and it's only because what, st- uh, still with 32 gigs. Yes, yeah, still because my iPhone's 32, and I fill it full of music and all sorts, and I've still got loads of space, and it's brimming full of applications. Um, now the fact that I'm probably not going to put as much music on the iPad, it's going to be more applications based. I can't see me filling 32 gig. Right. So, well, see, plus plus the applications it, are going to be bigger as well. Yeah, well, I, I think yeah, I think the applications are going to be bigger. But you see, I'm it, it, this is where I think Neil was right with saying it's for everybody because I've already got uh, a thought process that 
when it's not in just general use, it's going to sit downstairs in the living room and I'm going to use it as a photo album. Yeah. Or now, whatever. Or whatever. Really? But I mean, you've got books, you've got, you've got your photos, yeah, yeah, you've got I movies. Mean, I mean, guy, when it's just sitting there, friends come around, you know, you don't, you, you know, let's say you've got family come around. Yeah, you're it's not going to sit down and watch a movie. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I'm not going to be sitting. Don't bother movie. me. I've got my iPad. Really, I'm watching really a movie. Go away. Love the family, I suppose. But you know, yeah, I'm going to be using Twitter and emailing. But it's probably going to be sitting on the side, and I'm going to be using it for having the photos going through. And yes, I'm going to be using it to watch movies, um, listening to music, perhaps a lot less, as Neil says. I agree with him there. Um, and Neil's talking about the applications that he's going to be using on it. I'm, I'm definitely going to be um, getting hold of the um, iWork apps that they're going yeah. to have. Well, now, now think about this for a second. You were talking about music. If you have a uh, – what is that called? It's the, the little – the Airport Express. If you have an Airport yeah. Express, you have a stereo output from that Airport Express into a receiver. Yep. What if you had all of your music or whatever, you know, some playlist that you wanted to listen to on your iPad and you were able to stream through the airport express to your, your main stereo, then wherever you're walking around the house, the next song comes up and you're like, Oh, I don't want to listen to that one. I want to listen to this next one. You hit a button and the next song comes up. So you're, you're taking your iTunes library with you all over the house. You're not, you, you don't have to have your iTunes library stuck in a desktop machine that's you know wherever it is in the house now you can you can kind of do that now with a laptop but a laptop isn't going to be nearly as portable as something like the ipad yeah yeah i agree i mean i've heard lots of uh people um talking about using it all just all over the house all over the house in the kitchen um for recipes recipes and and, you know uh, what i can just imagine somebody watching somebody produce some food and then copying them. So, you know, if they take it further, it's not just going to be a recipe where you flip the page and look for the next ingredient. It's going to be much more interactive. Somebody should be coming up with those sorts of applications. And that's the key point. I think over the next six months, we're going to see a big improvement on the, uh, on the applications. Cause I have heard that although, uh, some of the applications will be synced across from the iPod touch. If you've got a load of apps, this doubling up, of the apps just isn't working quite as well as expected. And some of them work well and some of them work not so well. Are you talking about multitasking? No, 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 no. I'm talking about, you know, Apple were quite pleased with the fact that they could say, well, we've got the iPad and there's still a hundred, there's 140,000 apps that you can use. Well, oh, oh have, right, right. The res- uh, doubling the resolution. I'm sorry. Yeah, I misunderstood the resolution. You. Yeah. Um, I, but I don't think that it's working quite as well as expected. And, uh, you know, but, the developers haven't had, you know, they haven't not, had an old not a whole lot of time so, yet. So I think over the next three to six months, we're going to see a lot of updates to applications, and uh, yeah, I think those applications will become bigger. Well, you, you know what's games. funny? Uh, I was reading some stories. As a matter of fact, when I was at the Apple Store in Clarendon, uh, there was a Japanese film crew there. There was there was an Austrian, not Australian, Austrian film crew there filming some stuff. And when I went online later that day, I was reading stories about these guys, these app developers from you know Europe and the Middle East and Asia who had flown over to the United States, gone to several different Apple stores for their, you know, their, their two iPad allotment, and then getting on the next plane and going back home so that they could, they could actually have an iPad to 
develop these apps on and not have to use the the simulator that's in the SDK. So, you know, we're going to see over the next, I'm guessing like probably two weeks, all of these iPad apps that are currently out are going to get real quick updates. And there's just going to be a ton of new apps coming out that are strictly dedicated to be done, you know, on the iPad. We're going to see less and less. I think we're going to start seeing less iPhone and iPod touch development and certainly more iPad development. That's the new gold rush. I've, well, I've noticed yeah. that right now, actually, because um, in the past sort of day or two, I must have had about five or six app updates, and they are purely for iPad compatibility. And now I've got like a if I go into my applications um, part in iTunes, I've got a split screen, and the top half says I, um, applications for iPad stroke iPhone, and then my iPhone applications are underneath. Uh, and I say that that list at the top is now getting bigger and bigger each day. So that so that the updates are certainly cut starting at the moment. Well, everyone yeah. is rushing to put more stuff out. Yeah. I think they are, guy, but I'm not sure. I, I, I'm not sure whether I agree with you totally on the, the fact that it will die down completely on the iPhone and iPod Touch. I think, uh, um, and and <laughs> you know, Apple are coming out with the announcement. Um, this coming week, this week um, about uh, OS four, um, I've got a feeling that they've got a few tricks up their sleeves to keep interest and developers um, keeping an eye on the iPod Touch and the iPhone, which I think is where the big numbers of people going through apps is. I'm not sure that the iPad is going to have the same amount of numbers. I think it's going well, to be certainly not yet. I no, mean, there's no, there's no, se- there's no, 75 no, million iPhone and no, yeah, I know I understand that, but I think even looking into the future, I think it's going to be much more of a slower burn. It's going to be a good burn, but I think it's going to be a slower burn than than the iPhone and iPod Touch. Well, you know, I'm I'm going to have to disagree with you, and I'll tell you why. Okay. iPad applications are are being sold for anywhere from two to four times the amount that iPod and iPhone applications are being sold for. So even, even with Apple's 30%, this is, I mean, you look at some of these apps that sold a million. Okay. Well, now an app like that is going to net these guys three to 400% more as far as revenue coming in. And a good business decision is always, well, you're going to go to where the market is hot. You're going to go to where you're going to make more money. And for now, especially once once the iPad starts hitting a more critical mass in the between the the three to five million sold mark, you're just going to see a, I mean, just a, an explosion of iPad apps. And I think that we're going to see less and less development, at least in the short term, in the iPhone and the iPod Touch. I think in the short term you're right, but I think people are going to be a lot more discerning about how much they spend on iPad apps. And I can't see the problem with the iPad is it's not as portable and it's not with you all the time like your iPod Touch and your iPhone. And I think that's why the development will it'll it will waver and people will make sure they've got fantastic apps for the iPad. And but I've got a feeling that longer term it's going to be a much slower burn um, than the iPhone and iPod Touch. So what do you um, think, but, Neil? Um. <clears throat> I, th- I, th- I think I'm, I'm more. And remember, I'm closer to Derby than. than- <laughs> yeah, but I'm bigger. Yeah, he is bigger. <laughs> I'll just reach across the pond. 
<laughs> I think it will go um, more iPad, uh, only because of what markets have done in the past. I mean, if people bring out a computer game now, they bring it out for the latest stuff, and they forget all the guys who have got the older computer stuff. And, you know, the amount of times you, you, you've bought a game and, you know, and, and the specs way over what you've got and you only bought your, vid, your graphics card like six months ago. And, and, and so the, the markets all seem to push that way. Uh, and yeah. I think... Yeah, will it run crisis? I, I think we'll end up with a... Um, we'll probably still end up with it being launched for both. But I think we'll end up with a lesser quality on the iPhone and the iPod. I don't think they're going to put as much um, emphasis on it. They'll give you a cut-down version. One, it'll work on both machines, but you put it on an iPad and all of a sudden you find out it's got loads of um, options in it. You put it on the iPhone, you know, and you, uh, they're not going to try and cram as much into that small interface. Well, they can't. And be- yeah, because, and, and they don't have to because they go, well, if you want that, go and get an iPad. So, uh, so I think you're right. I think, I think we will notice a, a massive reduction on what goes on with iPhone and uh, an iPod Touch. Well, speaking of, of apps, uh, let's... Let's go to a, a slightly different point here. Uh, Neil, where do you think the third-party market is in this? Not talking about apps. Books. So I you, mean the, Go ahead. Sorry. sorry I, I, think, I, I think that um, Guy might have been thinking um, more consumables around the iPad. Yeah, hardware. Oh, right. Okay. Um but that's a fair point. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure there's a lot more you can do. I can see people doing interfaces. I mean, recently I've been looking at some applications that are uh, music recording um, stuff. So there was one for the iPhone that does um, like a four-track recorder. And now the iPad version's got an eight-track recorder. So I could see somebody building an audio interface that perhaps go on the box. That use, just uses like the dock connector. Absolutely. Like, it, like they have a choice. Yeah, um, but it um, but it's very specialized. So I'm not sure there's a lot more you can do with it. I mean, they've, they've already brought out the stuff that's important, as in the keyboard for you know people who want to sit there tapping away with it. Right. So I think it's we're going to end up with a similar sort of thing as we got with the with the iPod Touch and the iPhone. In fact, we'll just see one hell of a lot of cases. Well, speaking of the keyboard, you know that's that's it. it 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 looks like it, it looks like a standard type of, of Apple small keyboard, and then you've got the little lip that that holds the iPad. But I I really have to question whether Apple really put a lot of thought into that. It just seems like there's because like the iPad is a portable device. This keyboard and its its little lip that that you set the iPad on does not look to me to be a, a really portable device. No, no. I agree. So, from what I've seen and what people have said, I totally agree with you, guy. It just doesn't. It doesn't feel Appleish. No, no, it doesn't. And you know, we were talking about Tim earlier. Uh, one of the things that I was talking to him about, you know, you've got all these cases that are coming out. You've got, you know, there's there's all these the, the standard, you know, stuff that you've seen with iPods and and iPhones since 2001 from all the same people coming out. But it, it just seems to me that, that everyone seems to be taking the easy way out. No one is, is, is taking it to the next step as far as, as far as hardware goes. And one of the things I talked to him about is you've got these, these open cases. It kind of looks like a portfolio. Well, what if on the part that doesn't have the iPad, you put in an, a, a, a membrane keyboard that stays there all the time? 
and then the the iPad actually would stick into the case and it would connect up through a, a dock connector on the bottom that you couldn't really see because it would be covered by you know from within the case and you you set it down you've got this membrane keyboard that you can type with and a little stand that'll come out of the case on the back to hold up the iPad and you know this is a completely portable solution for people that are you know they're on a plane they're on you know wherever and they've got this well with the case it would probably end up being you know 2 to 3 pounds but that's a lot lighter than what you're from than all the stuff that you're going to have if you were taking your laptop but do you yeah, guys see where I'm going it. with that yeah absolutely i mean you you're going macbook air yeah it, it's actually like it's like the macbook air air yeah <laughs> it's even smaller than the MacBook. Yeah, era. but I, I think I think we've got some development from other companies to to come. You know, the, I've, people talk about these small membrane keyboards, and uh, right. they keep they keep showing them, but nobody's really come out with a device which is really usable yet. I don't think. Well, I haven't seen one. Uh, you know, I'm quite uh, prepared to be corrected on that, but I haven't seen it, a real usable device. But you're dead right. You know, the integration of of the case with all sorts of extra devices and you know everybody's waiting for that camera right. to be attached to it i mean i'm still not too worried about the fact that it hasn't got a camera um in the device itself because i really don't want people looking at my nose when i'm, I'm using it. <laughs> but, but I, I think a linked camera at the bottom is is going to be a next step or a bluetooth camera which could be used that's that's the thing it all depends how open those apis are and, and how much the uh, the developers can get into it well hey neil what would you add as far as inputs go, or would you add any inputs to okay, the iPad? Remember, we haven't actually got the damn thing over here yet. <laughs> well, I know, but you, but I mean, you you know what it looks like. You you know what the basic inputs and outputs are. You've got you've got a headphone jack, and you've got a dock connector, and that's basically it. I think audio audio input, um, because then we could do yeah. a. Um, yeah, I mean, you could do a hell of a Actually, lot. Actually, you know, I hadn't uh, even thought about an audio input. Yeah, I mean, yeah go ahead. It, it, I think, you know, the software sequencer's going to be on there. I, it's just, you know, the sky's I mean, the, pro- the limit because the it's so much The programs are already bigger. there for that. The, 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 the sequencers are already there. I mean, I have a few on my iPhone because um, yeah. my other secret life, I'm a bit of a keyboard player. So I've got some synth applications and I've got Okay, some we'll link to your Facebook page for your band. <laughs> I don't have one. You're <laughs> but, um, but yeah, as an audio um, interface, the, the apps have already been written. They've just got to be there to accept this, um, this um, hardware. What, what I'm hoping is that this hardware does come out in all shapes and forms um, and we don't get what happened with um, certainly... We, we, we had that demonstration of that they were opening up all the APIs for the dock connector. Yeah. Um, and they, they showed us a lot of sort of clever interfaces, hard monitors, and all sorts of different bits and bobs. I haven't seen a lot from that since since that demonstration. I, I haven't seen a great deal of... Uh, well, we probably of, will relatively soon because, you know, people just didn't have them to experiment with. No. But no. part of the problem with having just a single connection like that... Um, if you already have something connected to it, how do you connect something else? So if you're using if you're using the dock connector to connect up to an external monitor so that you have a little more space or that you or so if, even if it's just in mirror mode and you're kind of, you know, blowing up the space of what's on the iPad as it is. Okay, well now you want to add a, a, some kind of audio input. But you can't 
because you're already using the dock connector for this external monitor. So, you know, could they go with, say, you know, mini or micro USB, maybe one, just, just one, just one input or a, uh, a mini SD card or, or a standard SD card input for like you, you've taken a bunch of pictures and instead of connecting up your camera to USB and then connecting that up to the iPad, you basically just pull out the SD card and slip it into your iPad. Well, they're kind of allowing that now with the adapter, aren't they? Through the, the well, not if it's already content. being used. You see what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, this yeah. is this but is I mean, you see. Yeah, but now you see, you're talking about multitasking, guy, and that ain't going to happen. Not yet. Uh, I, th- I think. I think we are. I I don't know if if Apple with with OS four. There's going to be an announcement on Thursday, probably. You know, after people download this podcast, and so obviously we can't talk about it. But um, I think that with OS four, we're going to see some some rudimentary multitasking because they're okay. they're more than capable of doing it. You can do it no, now. Absolutely. You absolutely. can do it now with Apple's jail- own yeah. apps. Yeah, the, well, the jailbroken devices can, can't they? Because that's what a lot of you don't even have. Do. You don't even have to jailbreak it to see it work. Well, and yes, I know their own apps allow it, but right. it's very controlled, guy. It's extremely controlled, whereas the jailbreaking devices, they're probably using applications which are a lot more uh, CPU intensive, and, and they, they kind of seem to be okay. And talking about jailbreaking, did you hear that the uh, iPad had been jailbroken already? Yeah, yeah, I did see a story on that. It doesn't surprise me. You know, I already no. I saw a video of some guy who installed one, I mean, literally installed it in a Toyota. <laughs> yeah, I saw that today as well. Yeah, wasn't that? And I mean, the guy's got his little yeah. Dremel tool, and he's ripping apart the the dashboard of this Toyota. Some some guys out in, of course, California, and you know they actually install and they, they're moving switches and they're doing all this stuff, and they installed an iPad in the the front dash of a Toyota. Do you know what's just suddenly struck me while you were talking about that? What I just want to call it a brake pad. <laughs> for, <laughs> for, okay, I get it. But about for a Toyota brake pad, I get it. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> okay. Sorry. Um, Neil, do you think that, that there could be anything added as far as software goes without having to dramatically change the interface? I don't think so. I mean, most of what I've um, sort of wanted has come out on it, um, whether it be on the iPhone previously or which naturally obviously can now move on to ipad right um so i I don't think i'm missing anything now um and and now seeing that they've put iWork on it um and and i suppose that was a limitation more of iphone um because i wanted something that i could probably type some really good notes on yeah um and because of the size etc then then obviously iphone isn't great for that um, but now they put like, eye work on, and and that eye work that they've written for the iPad um, is really good. Yeah, it is. I, I actually I actually played around with a little. Now I I wasn't able to use an iPad with the 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 hard keyboard that Apple's right. selling. So you know I was only able to use it using the 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 touch screen. And the the touchscreen keyboard for the iPhone and the iPod Touch. I mean, I'm I'm a big guy. I'm like six foot six, so I've got these like huge Frankenstonian type hands. And for the most part, I've got to hold my iPhone with one hand and go tick 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 on the keyboard because my thumbs are just too big. 
So for you, this is everybody. Everybody else uses an iPod Touch, and this is your iPod Touch, then, guy. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Plus, the bigger screen is good for these old eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a lot of excitement over the device, and we're, we're, you know, where's our iPad? We're waiting for it over yeah. here, and there's uh, a few of us that are going to be looking forward to getting it. But you guys, you carry on being our, our guinea pigs, I think. And you, you know what? We, we have we we've been going on for a long time here, and there's a couple things that we we have to get to before we end the yes. show tonight. Yes, uh, one of them is we're currently running a contest in support with or in conjunction with Mac Alley. And I wanted to make sure that that we talked about that tonight. Now there there are two prizes that we're giving away. One that's kind of geared toward the iPhone and the iPod, and another prize that's kind of geared more toward the Mac. Now for the iPhone and iPod, the uh, the the two devices that we're giving away, or McCallie is giving away, one is called the PowerLink, and the other one is called the PowerGo. The PowerLink is kind of an emergency charger for the iPhone or iPod Touch. And it's got a built-in uh, two gigabyte flash drive. I mean, this is a really, really cool device. And then you also have the uh, the three-in-one battery charger, the PowerGo. So wherever you are, at least here in the states, which is good because that's the only people that can apply for these prizes. Um, wherever you are in the states, if you're in your car, if you're somewhere near AC power, you can use this to power up your iPhone or iPod. Now, whether that will work with the iPad is, I, I, we have no way of knowing that. I don't know if Matt Cowley has, has redesigned any of their gear yet to work with the iPod, or I'm sorry, work with the iPad. But these are two really, really cool prizes for the iPhone or and or iPod Touch. Now, for the Mac, we've got Two devices as well. There's the Tune Fan, which is a 2.1 stereo speakers with subwoofer and cooling fan. And, and you've seen pictures of this, Gaz, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I I, I, I fancy one of those. But, but I think I'll have to buy one. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've got that cool blue light that, that's yeah, right there in the middle with the cooling fan. And then you've got... Yes, yeah. And then it's got it's, speakers on it as well. Yeah, it's, it's it. like slightly raised... And then on the back side, you've got these these two sub. You've got a subwoofer and and these two stereo speakers. And this is a this is a hundred dollar prize just by itself. Just the tune fan. It's it's listed at ninety nine ninety nine. And the other thing that we have for the Mac is this thing called the Trans Cable, which is a USB to USB data transfer device. And I don't really know a lot about it, but that's thirty bucks too. But it, 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 these are just great prizes that Macaulay is giving to us to give to you. And Gaz, can you tell them how they can win this stuff? Well, they've got to send an email into the podcast, and the email address is—is is it still feedback? Actually, they've got to send it into guy. No, it's contest. Contest at, at mymac.com. Mac. Com. Yep. Um, and all I have to do is um, put into the subject line. You throw me now. Cause oh, I'm sorry. Oh, you don't have that up, do you? Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, they've got to send an email into contest at mymac.com. Yeah. And we're basically going to um, pick one at you random. You can, yeah. Yeah. You've got to pick one. At, you can put in um, a few requests if you like. You can send in a few emails, but. I wouldn't send too many in because we may be taking you out. So yep. be a little bit careful. So um, do, what do we have to put in in the subject line now? 
Uh, well, the subject yeah. line can, it, you know, they can just have contests. It, it doesn't really, that part of it doesn't matter. But within, can, but within the email we're itself. We're fairly flexible on that one. Yeah, because that, well, that's the only contest we have going on right now. Uh, they oh, need right. to have their name, their shipping address. And, and unfortunately, we're only talking about uh, the continental United States. Uh, telephone number. And if yep. they have a Skype contact name. That Give would that be great. Well. Yeah, because we would love to talk to you and, and let you know live that, you know, you're winning this prize and you can have you spend some time here on the show. Now, originally we were uh I was gonna draw the the, the winner for uh next week's show, but that's that's not gonna work because Gaz isn't gonna be here. So I think that we're going to and oh darn it, I don't have I gotta bring up iCal. Um Let's see. Today is the 6th. This will be out either on the 7th or the 8th. We were originally going to announce the winners on April 15th, but I think we're going to push that back to April 22nd so that Gaz can be on here too. Yay. Yep. Sorry, folks. Yeah. Uh, but it gives, you a little, it gives you a little bit extra time to get your, get your to emails get you, in. Yep. Contest at MyMac.com. You have two more weeks and I think the cutoff date for putting in your entry is going to have to be the 20th. So, I think so. that's Tuesday, the 20th of April, 2010. Midnight is your absolute, and that's Eastern Standard Time here in the States. Yeah, I was just going to ask, yeah. was that my midnight or your midnight? Well, it's, <laughs> someone, it's someone's time. midnight somewhere. Eastern Standard <laughs> Time, midnight on Tuesday, April the 20th. To get your entry in to win one of these two fantastic prizes from McCallie. Now, if you want to learn more about these products, please go to McCallie.com and you can we'll have links, we'll have links to this stuff in the show notes. But I mean, these are some great prizes. All the thanks go to McCallie for for letting us give them away to our listeners. And I, you know, I hope you win. I won't win, but you might win. I definitely I definitely won't win. I never win. I'm so sad now. I don't you're win. Just a, you're just a winner through and through, Guy. Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll take your word on it. <laughs> um, last thing I think uh, I, I want to mention uh, before we before we close it up for the night, because we're kind of running a little bit long tonight. Uh, I, I did a video while I was out at the Clarendon Apple Store, uh, Clarendon, Virginia Apple Store, and it's currently up at mymac.com over on the blog side on the the right hand side of the screen and the only reason why I'm kind of flogging it here is that it kind of fits along with you know of course we've been talking about the the iPad all night but in a in a strange bit of irony uh, the video itself was about 13 minutes which which was 3 <laughs> I've got to say before you carry on I've got to say you did a great job there guy Oh thank you it was a lot of got, fun to do got, got, Guy did something a little bit different rather than going to lots of people and asking them a question which is what he did but he didn't go and ask uh, them a question and then you could see them talking to the next person and then you saw him talking to the next person he asked pretty much the same question of all the people so you get your answers in a row and it's it's I think it's come out really well actually guy I It really was it was it. a lot of fun to do and for anyone who goes to see it um there's a bit at the end where somebody actually gets dragged off. Um, <laughs> that woman who also shows up earlier in the video yeah, was a, a very, very no, 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 she's in Boise, Idaho. She's half, half a world away. Um, <laughs> very, very nice woman. You know, I, I suggested that we do, we do this little bit 
and she was a great sport, and I have no idea what her name is, and I'm so sorry. I just had to put Tara's mom because I couldn't I couldn't think of what else to call her. <laughs> but she was a great sport, and I, I just wanted to make sure that here on the podcast that I, I said thanks for, for playing along and, and just That's making sweet. it fun. Okay. But isn't there a little bit of irony? There is. There, well, there's actually there's, there's two bits of irony. Um, I originally started to film this using my, my Canon Vixia camera, which is an HD camera. And I just gotten done interviewing the third person when it died. So what I had to do was I deleted my Navigon app to free up some space on my iPhone. And I recorded the rest of it with my iPhone. So you'll notice a slight change in video and audio quality uh, as people are answering the questions. Uh, the, the other bit of irony was that when I finished editing it, it came out to about 13 minutes, which is three minutes too long for YouTube. So I had to find another solution. So I, I ended up hosting it on uh, Vimeo, which was great. And, you know, they allowed you to in, embed the video in, in another website and all that. However, what they don't have, at least that I'm aware of, is an HTML5 player. So I did this video on the opening of the iPad, but people who use iPads and iPhones can't view it because it's Flash. <laughs> So, aren't all the irony? All uh, the irony. That's right. <laughs> At half the price. Well, I, I think we need to wrap this up, Gaz. Excellent. Excellent. It's been a lot of fun tonight. Neil, thank you so very much for coming on yeah. tonight. Uh, thank you for having me. It's, it's, it's been, been great. It's been good. Yeah, well, it's been good. Well, it's been I, hope, really uh, I, I hope you'll be available another time. Uh, absolutely yes yes okay. I will. yeah we want to find out a little bit more about those astronomy uh, apps and how you get on because that was uh, that was really interesting no problem yep so i think uh, I'll, I'll close it up tonight for gaz and neil and myself i want to say good night good night everyone good night And thank you for listening to the MyMac.com podcast. Please send all feedback to podcast at MyMac.com. Be sure to check out our other shows, including Geekiest Show Ever, My Photo Tech Podcast, Your Own Victory Garden, and Sam's Cool Picks. All available in iTunes. 